Hello, and welcome to Meadow GP, Matt. We have Simon Z on today, or Simon Z. Yeah. Yeah. Get close. And Simon. 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 Okay. Uh, and we have the. Uh, we just did the uh, the, uh, the Grand Prix, the Grand Prix of. Uh, Come on, you can get Silverstone. Yeah, Silverstone. There right. you go. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out which, which English one they had a brain fart going on. So yeah, here we situation go. Norm, situation normal. There, normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm in so much pain. My head, my my head's gonna fall off as I talk to you. So <laughs> I've been sitting in the same spot. My back popped out. Oh no, nasty one, nasty one. So just so everyone knows, it was the British Grand Prix was on at Silverstone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just, just. At just, Silverstone. Just yeah. Um, and I suppose look, there was a lot went on for the the whole Silverstone weekend. Firstly, the five weeks or four weeks drought is over. Um, it's good to get that uh, finish with, I suppose. You know, um, but uh, I suppose a couple of stories that came out. Obviously, we knew uh, Morbidelli was going to be uh, evacuated from Yamaha, but. Um, Speaking on Friday, Chibati came out with a really interesting topic about Morbidelli, and they're saying, like, we're really, really interested in it. And what I find this very interesting in is that there's only... He also stated in that statement that Pramac have, are the only t- satellite team that will be assigned worked factory bikes. There's only going to be four bikes next week, next year. Yeah. Well, I know they want to the factory. Factory. I, I, remember? Yeah. Huh? No, 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 no. There's only going to be no, no, no. There's only going to be four factory GP24s next year. Mm-hmm. So two are going to be in the factory team, and two are going to be in Pramac. Now this okay. has come from Chibati. However, last week VR46 announced that Vizeki was staying with them, mm-hmm. and that he was going to get mm-hmm. works equipment. And everyone was thinking, is that going to be five? And the question was put straight to Japati, is it going to be five? And he said, absolutely not. It's going to be four. But we have to meet with the riders to discuss the plans or options because realistically what what's happened now with Yamaha kicking Morbidelli out, Ducati do want him, I think, more so to please VR46. And I think it's now a bargaining chip to say, if you give us Paseki in the Pramac team, that opens your slot for Franco Morbidelli for next year, Joe and the VR46 team. So I think they've kind of, how would I say, they, they, they have their arm behind their back now for the, Ducati have, actually look, I'll put it in a very Irish way, Ducati have VR46 by the balls now. Because they can give, they can give that Pamac seat away to someone else and Morbidelli will be left without a ride. Now, they're very interested in Morbidelli and they want Morbidelli and they want to give him a GP23 for next year. Mm-hmm. But the only one that's now standing in the way of it, and I think it's very smart, the only one standing in the way of that happening is VR46 by saying, we want Baseki on our bike. So, okay. so I think, so they're going meeting with the satellite team's managers and the riders over the course of this weekend at Silverstone to discuss that further or who goes where now well they they, they obviously yeah they obviously won't be able to keep uh morbidelli 
uh, and Bezeki. So something's got to give. And uh, I think that their best interest is to take care of uh, Morbidelli at this point, as he's part of the VR46. And if that means a move for Bezeki to Pramac, uh, again, my opinion only, I don't think it's fair at all uh, to Zarco. Because obviously he's, uh, he's the one that's going to have to give his seat away. And I think for many races, it's been a dark horse. Uh, it's hard to argue, uh, potentially still has. Uh, maybe he's not a future world champion, but he's definitely competitive. Yeah, so the plot then thickens even further for, uh, based off that. So yeah, Zerko is definitely, or Digi Antonio, is definitely a... Um, out <laughs> going to be a be a victim like okay yeah. I, I would think i would think it would be zarko would be out of um pramac they may offer him the did antonio seat did you antonio seat um i don't think he'll accept the step back off factory equipment to be very honest uh yeah. you know he's he's not at the point of his career where if he goes backwards he's going to now saying that so yeah. f- Staying on another year on the same bike, although there's massive rumors that LCR Honda and he has publicly admitted it, uh, Zarco, that uh, uh, Honda and LCR have been in touch to talk about a future together. Now, for me, this yeah, I mean, talk about a career move that uh, gonna end your career. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. <laughs> Yes, no. yes, yes, and no, right? For like for me, where where I see this is that this is could be a really good move for Zarco. I reckon he will get a long term contract. Like, let's just let's call it a spade a spade. Bradle is completely shit. <laughs> Honda need a good test rider. We're gonna say that. Yep, they right. need a test rider. They need a good test rider, and someone who knows probably the best bike on the grid inside and out and that is Johan Zerko right and my view that's of this interesting. is that interesting that, you're saying they're going to get it for the information well that's what KTM did with Jack Miller yeah and and test drivers test, test riders are harder and harder to come by as it is because they have to be yeah, well, right. a test rider, but they have to be fast enough to make them their, their info good for their top rider you just can't pull anybody off and say, okay, right. he's a test rider. Like, person, personally, when I look at it, I think, firstly, I think financially it would be a very good... Like, he's at the end of his career, so he needs big deals. He doesn't need someone now yeah. that's going to pay him 100 grand a year. Right? He needs maybe he needs half a million to two million a year sort of bracket to smooth himself over. Secondly, right now, Honda is in a very weak position, so he can nearly go in there and dictate the terms of his contract. He is more valuable to them, to mm-hmm. Honda, than he is to Ducati right now. Do you know what I mean? So my view of it, Honda's budget, even if they spent a good chunk of that money to get what's in Zarco's head out of it and into their engineering, whomever, it's going to do it. But to get that, like they need to rob, they do need to, to rob. Well, they do need to commit poach. some, poach some uh, engineers Engine. as well. But, like I think, if I'm very honest, I think it would be a good career move in him because he could probably dictate that he could have another two or three years on the grid and mm-hmm. then move to a test rider. Whereas Ducati right now are saying, listen, you can take this old bike, you can take this 
Joe, you know I mean, there's no major value in Ducati for Zerko. For for me, when I look at it, there's a massive amount of uh, but saying that it's a massive risk moving to like like you saw every fucking hand this weekend closing the front, closing the front, closing the front, closing the front. Didn't matter whether it was a HRC chassis or whether it was yeah. the uh, the Calix chassis. So like they're they're in a world of pain. You know they have a rider that's been you know in a, in essence uh, given the Japanese kind of way of you show your stuff move closer to the door. Very carry, yeah. Baby of a sword in the shower. <laughs> and he's like, and like uh, now I think I think Zarko's been very smart in the way that he's approached it because he's come out and he said it's really nice to have the interest from Honda. Joe yeah, so he's, think... he, he's letting Ducati know as well, like, okay, I could bring my my shit there too, you know. Yeah, but everyone knows uh, he's, he's giving up uh, being competitive just for the sake of staying another two or three seasons in MotoGP because even if his uh, uh, information that he's going to bring with is going to be so vital for the next mm. you know generation of Honda machine. And let's say this one will be super successful machine. It'll take a few years. At that point, I think it won't be relevant. You know, By the time the, the new machine will be competitive, Zarko will not be relevant after a couple of bad years in HRC, if that's his scenario. Yeah, and look, I, I, I would agree with you in that, except for if you look at yesterday's sprint race, you know, where were Hondas? If you look at today's race, look where, at today's where race. Where were the Japanese? The first Japanese bikes uh, ended up so, in what was it, 14th place. Yeah. So, na- so where I would put it to you is name another rider right now that Japanese could get that could give them direction of what a good bike feels like. And this is one of the things I said when Jack Miller moved to KTM. One of the f- first day, one second there. I mean, I mean, the rings move was was amazing. Uh, talking about the Japanese, that that was a smart move. Uh, but there's no more talent that is willing to go there. Mir tried. I didn't work out. It's it's just too rough. It's the bike. It's not the riders. I mean, they make the second say that all they want. But it's if you only have one after the other, and it's going on for years now. It, yeah. It's, you know. But it, it, it's just like Jack Miller. When Jack Miller moved to KTM, right? As the years go on, Jack will lose his importance to the company unless he goes out and blitzes it, right? Yeah. But if you look if you look at Honda right now, in a, in in general, right, they haven't a fucking clue what direction to go. They don't know whether to go north, south, east, or west. Exactly. And what they need is someone to come there and tell them what a good bike feels like compared to their bike. Because Mark clearly has his own thing. Yeah, and, and his style is totally different than everybody else's too. But when you look at what Zerko did last year and probably this year, he was the guinea pig for all the new parts. He was their race test mm-hmm. rider. Do you know what I mean? The parts, new stuff went to him first rather than to the, to the factory team, which I find brilliant. Joe, that's the, in my view, that's the way to do it. You have a good test rider. You, that's fast. Like Zerko, like I, I, I was effing and blinding at Zerko yesterday because I thought Zerko could have won that race yesterday. Yeah. First five laps, he did all I, his I damage. Agree. I agree. You know, and realistically, it's not that I don't want him to win, to win a race, but I, I especially don't want him to win a race in the wet. 
Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone then says, ah, it doesn't well, matter. Like, remember yeah, Jack Miller? Because of the conditions, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Remember Jack Miller was never seen as as a good rider because he had that one Unless race in Aston where conditions. he won. You know? Yeah. So, and it's just, and then when he, and like you could even see it himself when he finally won the race in the dry, so that got him. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. broke him yeah. down. Then I, I kind of said like that legitimizes me that I can win a boat wet and dry. Yeah. Is Zarko, look, do I wake up every race day and saying Zarko is going to do to, to blow everyone out of the water today? I don't. I'll, and I'll be very honest. And I think he's very happy. Like if you look at, if you look at Pasecki, Martin, Bagnaia and Bastanini, do you know what I mean? That's a fucking lineup and I have. Okay, well, Bastanini's not really performing right now, but but the other three is a is a lineup to have. Do you know what I mean? Right. So and I think Ducati are kind of saying to him, look, it's either going to be Grassini or it's going to be World Superbikes. And he's already shut down World Superbikes. But I but think he I think go, yeah. You know, I don't think Zarco is a is a good writer as a material for a project, a long term project like that. Because mind you, what happened with KTM? Uh, he had so much issues with the lack of success with the bike underneath him that he just, you know, he, he dropped the towel at the first season when he was signed up for two. Uh, so that's a, that's a okay. testament to his character, I, I, I think. Yeah, I get you, no. but like when you look no. at when you look at where he was when he was no. in KTM. He jumped off a Yamaha, which was one of the bikes that, to be on, and he moved to a project like KTM, right? And they were mostly at that stage Honda engineers that they had uh, poached. And realistically, when you when you look at it, they fucked them all out because they told the engineering wasn't up to standard. I think when you look at it this year, or then when his move into Ducati had. He learned so much about structure, understanding testing of the bike, the mechanical. I, I think this is a very different Zarco that from that phase of yeah to to to, yeah. to where he, he also matures, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he learned and he understood. And like when you look at it, like last year, he was going to tracks <laughs> there. Okay, up to the midpoint of the season, but he was setting up a bike completely. That was completely different to everyone else's because he had the active uh or the front right eye device going. Mm-hmm. But you know, look, I think I I think he he'll be a key signing and a key target for Honda that they will want to get him and they will pay to get him. Uh yeah. and they will I and I think I think it's probably a good move because I think realistically they'll only give Ducati will only give him a one year deal if they do give him anything. Right. Do you know what I mean? And you're kind of saying, okay, in the latter part of my career, I wouldn't mind doing two more years of racing and then five years of a test rider. Do you know what I mean? And Honda will pay him nicely to do that. And but, and Honda, nobody wants to go on the Honda period. Unless they're yeah. getting big, big bucks, they're not going there. Yeah. You know? so. Well, like you look at Mar- you look at Mark Marquez in the sprint race and his comments after and he said, I knew Joan Muir was behind me. So I let him pass so I could see what was happening with the bike. Yeah, now, I heard that. Is that either Marquez blowing his hole about, like, was I was fucked tired or I <laughs> had no more grip or whatever, and, and and that's the excuse to let let Joanne pass? I don't know. But, like, even, even today, 
uh, in today's race, I think, I don't know, it's just, he just didn't seem to be there. Do you know what I mean? Like, he made a great yeah. start. He got up into the top 10. And then he kind of plateaued, and then he crashed. Now, okay, yeah. he was missing the front front wing, but it just didn't seem to be the Marc Marquez magic there. And, and all this shit of, uh, now I'm just riding around collecting data for Honda. Do you know what I mean? Like he was using, I thought it was really weird. He was using the old original HRC frame, so like the one from fucking Argentina. Really, it it just shows so how lost they are. What are you researching? If you no, it, I think it shows how lost they are. He doesn't know which directions to point anymore. He's willing to try everything and anything. Yeah, but Mir was trying it as well with the old arrow and all of this. And when you look at it then, Nakagami was running the two characters. Yeah, with new arrow. new arrow. Yeah. So why are they not giving that new arrow to Mark? And I think this is this is, this is Mark being Mark. This Mark uh, reaffirmed during the during the weekend that like, I am a Honda rider. Joe, I have a contract for next year. Blah, 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 blah. Now, he didn't say I'm planning to see out my contract. He just said I have a contract for next year. But I suppose for me, when I was looking at it, it, it's like, okay, they're not giving the parts to Mark. They're giving them to Tackett to try. Now, Bradle has already had him on the track. Do you know what I mean? And now it's Tackett's turn, which... And historically, 100%. Marquez used to always have a fit if anybody got the parts first. That's Rosemary exactly. right there. So there's, a, there, so there's a little thing there as well for me is that, like, the 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 Japanese are saying actually no Mark you're not going to test them we're going to give them to Taka which is a little bit weird for me uh, especially on the statements that uh, Alex Rin said you know part of the reason that he was leaving Honda mm-hmm. is that they didn't use me all the new parts went to Repsol Nef- nothing came down to us to test or whatever right and you know I think it's yeah you know I, I for me it's kind of very worrying that. They're gone back to the base setting that they used in Puerto Mo, Argentina, that, that chassis. The aero hasn't changed. Do you know what I mean? Not a lot on that bike has changed. I understand that they might want to be getting a eye into where they are, but Jesus, like that's massive, massive step back. That's literally just thrown all and every single bit of data they've had down the gully. Second thing that doesn't make sense to me is that why would they go back to that setting, right? Now, it's good that maybe that they have Joanne and Mark on the same chassis, right? But why would they not put the new arrow, just say, on that old HRC chassis chassis that Taco was running? Why are they leaving it on the Calyx? And again, it's like fucking HRC, like run the four riders on the same bikes, the exact same frames, the exact same specification, get your fucking data. But no, they have, they have three different, three different spec bikes. Right. Now I think, I think Ikelokona was the HRC chassis to be fair, but again, like you can't really take his data and because he's fucking yeah. brand new still to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he's nothing to back to back it. On except a world super when everything's different, you can't get data. That's like when they had the eight Ducatis and they said, But but the Ducatis are so different, you couldn't transfer data. Same thing with this Honda. If you have four different Hondas and you put them out there, you can't transfer data. You can't back up and say, What's good, what's bad, what's indifferent. How do you know? Yeah, you know, it it, it just just doesn't make sense. And then 
like I think my own personal stance on this is that Rin's leaving is a big loss to them, massive loss to them. You know, I don't know if they Rins. see it that way. I don't know if they feel like they they missed Rins as as a valuable rider. I don't think they value him. I don't. No, I think you're right. But I think I think that's what they'll they'll come to to rue is is yeah. the fact that they've lost him. Like he is right now, he is the only one that can translate anything on that Honda. Yeah, he is the only one that can do it right. And okay, obviously he's injured right now, but like. He can yeah. give a small bit of a direction. Like he, he, his riding style probably is the way that the Honda needs to be ridden. Do you know what I mean? Is and that is not the old Honda way of trying to dive it in on the nose, which right. Marquez still tends to do. Where he tries to go an inline four slash V four mm-hmm. method. And I don't know, did you see it in the few laps where Pecco and Basecki were were going around with each other today? Did you see the different lines Pecco has? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pecco is absolutely. Pecco has yeah. its own. He's, yeah, he is. He, him, and Rins have the exact same riding style for a V four, mm. which is, which is the fastest way around the corner because it's, it's a blend of the two. It's 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 not wide arcing lines, massively arcing, but it's not as aggressive as as Basecki and Marquez use. So I think. Losing Rins is a big thing for for Honda. Honda will probably, you're right, probably not acknowledge it. But uh, I think for me, when 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 it was confirmed, you know, I think it's a big loss. Yeah, I was shocked that let, let him go. Uh, he was the number one rider, in my opinion, uh, other than uh, Marquez himself. <clears throat> and Marquez then Rins, and then, and then if you want to put all the riders in um, with. Uh, Fabio, he's right there with Fabio. Like, if you look at if you look at feature races this year, right? Mark Marquez hasn't scored points in one of them. John Muir, I think, has crashed in majority of them. Yeah, Taka, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> what do you do? Like, you know, what, like, what, what uh, do you do? I keep asking myself the same. How do they get out of it? And and going back to the Zarco idea, uh, do you think that's the right strategy? Like, it almost sounds like they've given up on the engineering aspect and they're trying to get a rider from, you know, with experience from a good bike to save them. Like, come on, you, you come on board and you, tell us, yeah. and you tell us what's the direction because we're lost. Yeah, well, like I, I, I've known to follow soccer or whatever, right? But like you see, all a lot of these players now that are towards the end of their careers, all signing up for leagues and teams in the Saudi league and whatever, right? And they're getting paid hundred million a year, whereas they were getting yeah. paid maybe ten million a year here. So look, I think the stage where Zarco is personally, I think he probably has one, maybe two years max left in MotoGP with Ducati. Um, I think he could have two or three years with Honda and a guaranteed test rider role. So, um, or KTM would, would, would be also itching to maybe take him as well because, like, hands down, Danny Pedroza has done the best job as a test rider of any team. 
Can, can, we, can we unpack this for a second? Can we unpack this? So when Mark Marquez came to Honda, he won in his debut season on the Honda, which wasn't yep. his, you know, his work of doing. It was a bike that was developed by Pedrosa that he got. And if you guys remember, the decline of the Honda started from there. Do you guys remember the, the yes, few did. years of the, the bad chattering? That was yes, when Mark it, started it, it to develop the bike. Yeah, it yeah went and, and the, and the yeah, bike yeah, became unrideable to... from one season to the other. I think that was you know Mark's own doing. It's not a good development bike. No, look, I, I suppose there's a, there's a natural thing that comes comes in here, right? Pedroza's results did start coming down downhill from 2016 or 2017, right? And it's always the, the case. Changed. Hmm? The bike has changed. Dramatically. The bike has changed, but we, we actually did this. Well, sorry, I did research on this, right? I always look for the number two bike in a championship year to yeah. understand where that is. And that didn't happen. I I can't remember. I think it was it was a twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen that the second Honda slipped outside the top ten. Do you know what I mean? So while, but then that's when a drastic change. Like for example, Morbidelli in twenty twenty nearly won the championship on a twenty nineteen frame. Do you remember uh, from yeah. the M one right? So yeah. Um, and then when he used the the bike in twenty twenty one. He couldn't ride the bike on that 19 frame because the engine characteristics had changed. Like what with Honda? Okay, we saw last year they changed it from a front front bias bike to a rear bias bike, right? So they've no data right now. They have zero data. Um, still compared to what they normally have. And Taka said this is that normally it's just a slight tweak to the bike what they do. But what happened? mainly with Honda is that they started listening to Mark Marquez over Pedroza. And then when Pedroza retired, mm-hmm. he was they still looking them to, out. to... Yeah. They, they, they <clears throat> didn't, they didn't, right? Like, yeah. Again, it, it, was, it, was, it was the Japanese way of having everything in an in-house in Japan. In Japan. And I think Pedroza, while he still wanted to ride bikes, there was a Euro- European manufacturer that was only... I, I will call it an hour or two's flight away from him. Do, do you know what I mean? He could go down, <laughs> yeah. do right. his test, get back home. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if he went with Honda, every couple of weeks he'd be flying over to Japan. That's not just not a quality of life. But I think he... he now, Michele Piro as well is, is, is good. But KTM are in trouble, in my view, because Danny Pedrosa is getting to retirement age. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And they need oh, someone. The guy backtrack on somebody's guy saying, you're both right on that. When I looked at that for the Honda, they came out and remember you had the 2013, right? That was the one they just did with their inception. Then they had problems with it. Then they kept that they 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 were screwing around with that um with that chassis for years. They couldn't get it straightened out. They were using a 2015 uh swing arm, and they said, No, we gotta use the 13. So they went back again. Um God damn it. Keep but yeah, look like the, the like switching chassis is is no there's no major thing in 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 in, in Moto GP. Like, look, Yamaha switched back with twenty twenty one chassis this year. Do, do you know what I mean? No, no. What I'm so, saying is that it kept getting worse and worse and worse every year, a yeah, little bit. And and yeah. and and Marquez kept overriding no. it, but then it hit a fulcrum where he couldn't outride it anymore, and then it went down the tubes. 
Yeah. I, I genuinely I genuinely think they actually list, started listening to Marquez's feedback over Pedroza because yeah. he was the one winning. Oh, yeah. Right? And, that's, exactly. that's, uh, and that's what happened to the Honda is that the Honda became more and more and more on the nose that it all of a sudden became a light switch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was either there or it wasn't there. And I don't know. I just think, look, I think they're, I think they're in quite a lot of trouble. Um, I think they they need to get some Euro- European engineers. They need some help from the aerodynamics department. Like they were running in the new aero. I that Taka was running. I believe it looked like a KTM, and with the Aprilia side pads. Now, what I also found really interesting was Pramac Ducati on Friday were running the teardrop front ducts, not the normal side draw the their side yeah, pads were, that. Were, were different and yeah. i thought you know that's that's weird why why would they try that Do you know what i mean and i, I genuinely think it's ducati kind of way of saying to martin because it was only martin was trying the new parts what were they trying to give them a level of playing fields to fight for the championship does that make sense yeah because they're developing two different aero strategies. All, I bet they do the same thing, um, but they're developing two different uh, aero strategies. Um, I suppose Alicia Spagaro and the race today. What did you think? Well, we raced yesterday, Sunday. He finally got, he got off the mark. I didn't see it coming. Uh, what a mix of conditions this entire weekend. That's amazing. That's really, you know, throwing a. Curve balls, not just curve ball. And uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's all I can say. Aleish is a dark horse a lot of times. He's coming from nowhere. I think he was the only one this weekend that believed in himself and, and, and he was vocal about it. Uh, great job. He still has it in him, sure. Uh, but I think Aprilia has strong engineering and they make a strong, a good, strong bike. But they had. I think it was just the expansion is getting to them. When they're such an itty bitty company, going from two bikes to four bikes for them is huge. They're doubling everything, right? Yes. No, so, you know, but they, but they do make a good strong bike. They're, they're, all they need is a, a good rider. They need their. They need they the need alien. Their, look, they need the alien. We, we we've covered that show before, and look, like the RNF team are financially in trouble, so it's. It's Aprilia factory are picking up the tab to help them run that, right? So now Ravola is is having a whinge or a whine about um about Ducati. He believes that they should now um face sh- sanctions because they have eight bikes on the grid. That so they should now get reduced testing. Allocation. No yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, but look anyway. Um, look, I think. I think that there was an awful lot of pressure off um, Aleish this weekend, and I know that sounds a little bit weird, but like normally he's El Capitan, he's one that they all put the pressure on to get the results or whatever. However, Maverick was outgunning him this weekend, and Maverick is known to be good around Silverstone. He, in my view, he, he, so Alex was kind of a little bit to step back. And like within the race, and I, like I'll be very honest, he played it absolutely perfect. You know, he was strong where he needed to be strong. He was patient where he needed to be patient. And, and I know that sounds very weird to say about Alicia Spagaro that, that he's patient, that he's strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but no, he was patient, and you know he, he said stuck that. at the right. Yeah, he said I that. He said that. Twi- oh, he, he said that that once the rain started and he got to Peco, he was patient enough to kind of see how the conditions will play it out. So he sat on him, sat behind him, and waited for the right time to attack. And Maverick, yeah. I think Maverick is not a good return for the money, for the money that Aprilia is paying them. Yeah, no. look, I, I, I think, I, I, look, I think. Maverick was very lucky to be in, in that in that in that space. I in think. the mix, yeah, yeah. And I think look, Oliveira did an amazing race as well. To be fair, I yeah. think he was like fifteenth or sixteenth on the grid. So to yeah. finish up there was that. But then that kind of shows me that this, and I know this sounds bad to say, but this, uh, this racetrack suits the Aprilia. Do you know what I mean? And it's very evident. You know, you had three Aprilias in the top five, and you had four Aprilias in the top ten. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now Raul was fucking miles off off them. Yeah. To be fair, but um, yes, I forgot I, all I, about I, him. I, I think I think there's I think there's like it, there's it's just true, circuits yeah. where a bike where a bike suits, and I think that is one of them. Um, because there's a mixture of high speed and low speed corners within the track and there's a good more mixture of the low speed corners um but look overall i think you know look hats off to alex i think he he rode probably one of the best races and i i would class that as good as the race that he rode in Aston, where he finished was a fourth mm-hmm. to me and he came back through the field like that was one that i would really class as alien-esque do you know what i mean he knew what was going on he knew that last lap Right, I'm gonna fucking have you. Do you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. where, but I'm gonna have you. Do you know what I mean? Because I saw, I'll be very honest, I saw it at the end of the Wellington Strait, you know, he wasn't able to measure Peko, and I was like, he's gonna have to pressure or push Peko. And you could just see him breaks. rolling through Cop's Corner. Yeah. But no, just rolling through Cop's Corner, he just kept he just kept it open. Like, do you know what I mean? He just, like, it was brave. Now, saying that, very Peko brave. made Peko made, Peko made some move. Down the hangar straight. I don't know. Did you see it? But he passed Basecki on the curb, and then he oh, passed. Yeah. We, I, oh yeah! Oh my just like, god! He yeah, kind of reminded me of Rossi Lorenzo Catalonia all those years yeah. ago. When I, I was sitting stroke. there going, "Peco, slow down, slow down, yeah. don't dump it, don't dump it." Yeah. If you notice, when he did that, they showed the onboard, and I'm like, "Oh my god, he's going off track!" Yeah, yeah. He was so he was so close, so brave. I, I mean, to me. He shows uh, that he deserved the number one plate. He's acting performance-wise like a true uh, world champion. And the way he came to uh, Alesh and Hagen after the race, yeah. you know, after you know he beat him up three quarters to the end of the race, I think that was a true sportsman's uh, behavior. It was, but like Pe- like Peko knows that Alesh is not a threat. Like it's not it's he's, not a, he's not a threat. Like so, like yeah, you can win the race. I've I've actually gained twenty points today. I right, right. Basecki was out. Yeah. was out. John Martinez yeah. down in fifth. I've I've stretched my lead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. Now before yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he were, when he was younger, he wouldn't have done that. He'd have, he'd have pushed right to the end. He would have, yeah. but look, that you can't take that away. That like that, that that that's young, dumb, and full of comedy. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like away, away, away on. But yeah, I, I think suppose, taking look, a world uh, title makes you acting a little bit more mature. You understand, you know, the the yeah. old pattern is uh, yeah. having his eyes towards you, so trying yeah, to look, set an example. Like I know this for myself. Like there, there's. 
there's a couple of key points in in your racing career whatever class you go into like first time is your first podium or then your first win then then your first championship and there's an air of i won't say cockiness but it's confidence that comes with that you know what i mean that you know that you're good enough to belong there absolutely you know like realistically you know peco knows where his fight is and it's an internal fight now at the moment like you know what i mean uh, in two ways, it's internal in Ducati and it's internal in VR46. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So look, it'll be it will it, it will be interesting. Jorge Martin is probably the outsider there. Well, he's it's still internal with Ducati there, but uh, Jorge Martin can flash hot and cold very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but look, it'll be interesting. Now, one of the things we have to talk about, and I'm fucking disgusted. <laughs> Fabio Quadraro. Oh man. oh man! Oh man! Qualifying practice one, he was, at one stage he was seven seconds a lap slower than Morbidelli. Yeah, what is up with that? Did Come you on. see how much he suffered with the conditions? I've never seen him suffer that much from heat or cold. He was humoring, like he couldn't right, handle it. That was the effect performance. Yeah. Once you're yeah. looking for something to be hurt, something to be torn, something to be he was so and so bad, you're going, What's wrong with him? What's something's off? Something yeah. but it, 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 it was the same. The Yamaha's and the Honda's, you could see it. They just couldn't feel the front in the wet. They just couldn't. They were fucking scared to turn in. Do you know what I mean? And for me, that's like shit. Do you know when you're when you're that scared to turn the bike in, it's like no bueno. Do you know what I mean? It, it's no, but, just... but I mean, if you go to qualifying, um, Fabio is a, is an ex world champion, and 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 he's you know last on the grid. Where Augusto Fernandez is moving to qualify number two. I mean, to me, that blows my mind. Uh, you you well, Augusto Fernandez. I Augusto Fernandez is a great rider, isn't that right, Jake? I've always yeah, no, he does. Yeah. He does. <laughs> yes, so he's number one fan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, oh, but yeah, Stallion, like, of course. Yeah, when when a, uh, if a wins the title, he's gonna say my number one fan has always been Mac. He's <laughs> gonna thank Mac for helping me through. I know who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hi- highlighting that I'm better than Raul, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, look, I think where 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 I look at these things is like the all the Japanese bikes could not turn in the wet. And Silverstone, right? And Silverstone is a, a track that really does exploit bad handling characteristics of any chassis. It's a little bit like Catalonia, right? Because the fast corners are really fast and the slow corners are really slow. Do you know what I mean? There's heavy braking points and there's a mixture of everything. And if you, in your mind, right now, drive around the lap of Silverstone, <clears throat> the first corner is fast, the second corner is fast, Corner three, four, they're slow. Do you know what I mean? They're open out into a long, fast corner again, down into slow corners again, and it's it's just it exploits your bad a bad chassis. Yeah, but That's- Mac, I mean, at least the Yamahas were uh, also always known for you know the fluidity of the chassis, how good handler they are. The the, the outburst power was never there, but the chassis, the overall package was great. Especially yeah, on the more flowing tracks. What happened? What happened? They put power, they put power into the engine. 
Yeah. And Lynn Jarvis, Lynn Jarvis um, categorically said this weekend, you know, our one big victory this year is that we've got the the the, the engine right. You gotta be careful what you wish for one of those, huh? Yeah, but Mac, what throws me off with that is that they've had many a times where they upped the cha- power of that chassis and then fixed it afterwards. That was like a common <clears throat> a common place at Yamaha. You know, add power, fix the chassis. Add power, fix the chassis. It's kind of like yeah, know, it's one, plus, like, one plus two equals three. What's and power and then take it away almost? Uh, yeah, look, it's for me with the way I I look at it is. What, what they've done, Yamaha, they've made a complete balls of it. Well, it's not a complete ball, so more so. Um, like They've added in the power. They tweaked the chassis, but they went the wrong direction in the tweaking of the chassis, right? Now it's nearly too late to, to, to readdress that. Uh, uh, one second there. So when I look at it, I'm... Kind of more so thinking like they, I think they fully understand now what or where they're wrong. Do you know what I mean? And for me, them coming out and saying uh, quite recently that so we don't understand aerodynamics, we don't understand it. I think this is the beginning of the Yamaha understanding that it's not just build a bike and bolt on aero. You know, like they have run this weekend on Friday and in today's race, Fabio did run the high arrow. So he has homologated that high arrow package now, right? So where where I think this is going, uh, realistically, I think Yamaha are obviously going to outsource some arrow, but I think they're now going to start uh, bringing it in as a complete package, understanding how everything works. A couple of things I did notice today, what I thought was really interesting. Aprilia, um, for for the rear right height device, so sorry, so Ducati, Ducati, first of all, they armed the rear right height device before the corner. Hmm. Aprilia arm it just before corner exit. So if you watch it today, go back in today's feed, you'll watch Maverick, and he'll touch the button to... to Arm the rear right height device just just before the exit. You know. But anyway, back to Yamaha. Um, mm. I genuinely think that where they know and they understand where they're missing, they I would be much more comfortable with them solving an engineering problem than 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 Yamaha. And it is just an engineering problem because Yamaha have a fairly decent sized European test team. If, if, if you get me, so oh, they're yeah. based in Europe. Yeah. So I think I think that is now. Yeah, Yamaha has been stronger than Honda in their engineering department for years. I have a completely different theory about what's going on with Yamaha, and my theory goes back many, many years. I don't think they're trying to be at the forefront. I remember the days where uh, Rossi was highly competitive, and he was begging for a more power, a competitive bike underneath him. And there was always this, if you guys remember, there was always this promise of the first test, what they're going to bring. I I was always keen to see, you know, if this time, if this season, they're going to deliver, and they never did. To me, it seems like also with signing rings right now, it almost looks like they're trying to do the least to get the most. 
Like, let us bring a rider with with good uh, proven experience from the inline four, and let's see if that helps us. If the, you know the next step ahead. Also, when they signed Fabio, they saw Fabio upcoming in a satellite team, and they snitched him instead of you know trying to outperform the, their platform. They're you know trying to pick and choose from their surroundings uh, to get more competitive. It almost seems like they're okay with being at best second best on the grid. What you're saying is, let me get this straight. You're trying to say that they're 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 relying on the rider more than to fix the bike. I think they're trying to spend as least resources as they can to kind of be out there. You know what I mean? They're okay. not trying to develop their package. Uh, many, many years, you know, if you go back many, many years, they haven't done anything radical. And if they tweak the power, they didn't do the supporting mods for the chassis, so they have to tweak it down. And now they're trying to get another rider with a proven experience from the inline four, because you know maybe there's some hidden gem over there. But it seems like well, they're not trying to put effort into the. Well, no, like it makes sense, firstly, to get another rider with experience on an inline four, right? A rider than a V, right? Because it's it's a shorter adaptation period. Right. Stop. Right. Um, I I don't believe there's any team or manufacturer just there to take part. If I'm very very honest, like the reason that Yamaha will not move off an inline four is because the minute that they do, they're like a brand new MotoGP team coming into the championship. They will have no data. They will have no understanding. Yes, they will have like the likes of Marmoni, who knows how to build the engineers, but. If our engines, etc. But what they're going to put themselves into is a situation like Honda now is currently in. Right now, Yamaha can look back at the last four or five years and say, "Okay, with a similar engine spec to what we have now, these are the engine, these are what we predict is going to happen." They're not going to have any of that data. But Mac, now, I mean, even five years ago, if they were make the change, uh, they were in the same position like you're describing now, five years ago, and today they had five years of experience with a better platform. you got to make the steps someday if you want to be competitive. Correct me if I'm wrong, between all the manufacturers, not just the Japanese, Yamaha is the least innovative. They have the least new parts, the least testing. I mean, did you hear the um, what they said about um, um, Crossbow's uh, next wildcard? A turning point? How in the hell could that be a turning point? Especially like mid-seasons where you cannot well, implement you cannot implement big changes. But that was put out by Marigali and Lynn Jarvis, right? So, look, Joe, you never believe a word that comes out of there, <laughs> to be, to be no, fair yeah. and be honest, right? <laughs> right. And look, I, I will say what Fabio said, and I, I think it's probably one of the most correct quotes that has ever come out of a writer's mouth. And he said, besides my rookie year, <clears throat> Every year I was fighting for world championships with Yamaha. And this year I'm fighting for points. So let that sink in. Very true. It's very honest. Yeah, it's very honest. So that's an indication of where they're going. And then he followed on that Yamaha now have to deliver on their promises. Now, what promises have they made to Fabio? We don't know. You want more power? We give you more power. You know, um, but well, how I hard did they have to struggle to get that power? And how, how how reliable is it to get that power? 
they right. can. They, they can definitely get the same power out of an inline four that it'd be their V4, but it blows up. Apparently, that's what happened to Suzuki. That's what happened. What he went through the Yamahas. They went through went through them like paper. So, but if you but, look at if you look at the, the the fast riders on the V4, the fastest of the fast ones, they're they're now starting to go to the hybrid riding style of inline four to V4. So that's also now going to take all the strengths away. Like, for example, normally the Aprilias can, are terrible at following other bikes. Terrible. Do you know what I mean? They can run their own lines and they can be very fast. But if someone is in front of them, they're goosed. Do you know what I mean? And if someone is running a, a wholesome V4 line, they're definitely goosed. Um, so I think the advantage is, is is slowly slipping away for the inline four. And look, Gigi Delinia, who you have to take your head off, well, or your hand off, head off, hat off to him, should I say? Fucking beers kicking in. Um, you have to take your head off to him. He openly came out and said, "If I was doing it all over again, I would still go V four, right?" Yeah. So that's why it's phased out. Yeah, but. When you come back to the the whole point then of like when is it t- when is the right time to change your engine spec? And the short short answer to that is that there's never the right time. You know, it's exactly. always going to impact. It's always going to impact you. But when is the least impact? Yeah. And probably the least impact is that the regulations change. Do you know of mean? course, yeah. That's and that's not till the end of 2026. So so. I would, I would think Yamaha will keep going with the inline four until then. It saddens me because I think, I think they brought a knife to a gunfight. If I'm very honest, yeah. because of what Peko and them are now starting to do with running the inline four lines on a V4, yeah. um, and so now they're going to like, you know, for example, like when, and you could see it today actually with Peko, like when he comes out of the corner, he gets that initial jump because he's already carrying that speed. So he's able just to pull that slight gap. You could see it when he defended down into, um, defended down into, uh, uh, after the Wellington straight today from Malaysia Swagger on the last lap, he pulled just slightly coming out yeah. of, uh, out of that corner. Do you know what I mean? And it's just slight, it's, it, you're talking maybe. It's all he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because the, the person that's going to try and level you, on the brakes to get past now needs to take more risk. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so look, I just, I, I think, I think it's very interesting. I think the race this weekend, I will be honest. I think the sprint race was a bit dull. Um, I know it was wet and rainy. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was just like, I suppose because of the weather conditions, I was expecting more crashes or, or, or whatever. So, and then the fact that there wasn't. I thought Today, Fabio would do better well, with the sprint races. I thought that would even him out. I was I was I was waiting I was waiting for the oh they set my tire pressures wrong again the back <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I like, yeah yeah we we got the crashes on the race there was plenty of them I was surprised because mm. most race it was dry yeah and it the I don't know did you hear where when they sent up Pasecki where he crashed or when he crashed he got sucked in and he lost the front tire that. and the tire locked. I thought that was interesting. Uh, are the bikes that sensitive uh, yeah. under braking the with the arrow? 
They would be, yeah, because you would you would be expecting that you can drive it in a bit a bit further. Do you know what I mean? But I think he just pushed it too much. He was trying to narrow down the gap on the brakes because I mean, uh, think about all the all, all the fights that we're seeing, how guys are being close to each other. We haven't seen that kind of an impact on the front. Stowe is a is a slightly banked in corner going in, right? So you're not going to lose the front going into Stowe unless there's something. And like you can see, he 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 locked the front. So yeah. did he did did he think that he was going to hit Peko, or did he just throw all of a sudden have a oh shit moment? I don't have the front grip. I don't know, but it was um, second option. Was, I think. Yeah, it it was just it was just, I suppose. When that happened, and then LH the rain came in, and LH closed it down. I was like, "Thank God that we're going to have it." And then eight laps to go, you know, I think I thought it was impressive, um, to be honest. And look, you have to hand it to Maverick as well. You know, he's he has a good track record around Silverstone. Um, I suppose the last thing we talk about this week is Mark Marquez and what is going to happen. Like, I find it very funny that Honda didn't give him the upgrades. Right yes. for the person beating his fucking chest, give me parts, give me parts, give me parts. Then to go back to a base setting bike. Now Mir was there. Then all the rumors around KTM. Now, KTM have said, you know, that they have no update on the current situation. Their home race is in two weeks' time. They normally like to announce special things in that time. You know, is he going to go? Is he not going to go? You know, well, I don't. Uh, know. I- a disclosure, uh, I'm a Mark Marquez fan. I wasn't always. I turned out to be. No one's the... perfect. No one's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But I, I want I want to throw a curveball. You don't think Mark has a saying about um, the type of hybrid bike he's going to race with? Uh, do you think he just got an instruction from, you know, HRC above uh, management and, and he's a monkey on a bike? I think so. This, this would, like... New parts, according to Alex Rins, new parts have always gone to Repsol first, right? Bradle, it, it this is not a new concept that has been brought around. Um, Bradle already had this out around Hareth, so they understand that, that there was there was data points there, right? Silverstone, in my view, would be probably one of the best test bed circuits that you could test anything on, because as I said, the tracks. Um, there's fast corners, slow corners. There's a, there's a natural f- flow of, of them there. So you would, as a rider, would gather so much data. But for it to go to Nakagami on a Calyx, there's there's no correlation back to what Repsol are doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but, so, but I think there is a lot of insights uh, that we are not aware about. Um, uh, you know, there is the bigger picture that, I mean, we're, we don't know where they're trying to aim, what, what they're trying to check. I, I don't think they know they know themselves either. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's what I that's what I was saying. That like for me, that bike looked an awful lot like a KTM, more so than a than a Ducati, right? So is this them just putting their version of this just to try? Uh, I don't know. And I think a big a big thing is that uh, Nakagami didn't race it. So yeah, so he didn't help. So yeah. so he said he wasn't confident with it. Um, now look, pushing more aero, which that aero system is right. I I still f- f- don't understand how this is going to help because Mark says one of the places where they're losing mostly is an acceleration. 
Do you know what I mean? So if you put more wings on it, acceleration. So to me, the bike looks unstable. Like every time you're trying to ride to the limit of what the bike can give you, it just snaps. You don't see it coming. Exactly. And look, they've gone back to an on-off switch. Do you know what I mean? It's there. And it, it's like the old Bridgestones that you could just ride off the, the edge of the tire. Right. So, I mean, there was no there was no warning. And I think that's kind of where Honda have found themselves back in, into again, is that they're in an, a terrible predicament of... Um, they don't have a direction because they don't have data like they and they don't want to which i think is a is a courageous move out of honda and i'll be and i'll be fair very simplest thing that they could have done at the start of 2022 or 2023 was go back to what mark knows best right and they're not do you know what i mean so i i don't think honda are, are are asleep at the wheel. I think they're they're doing this for for a specific purpose. But is that? And I think they may have had a belief that Mark could ride around it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like he did for many years. Uh, they definitely have a problem. They definitely have a problem on the front. But to me, it seems like they have a also a very big problem with electronics. Uh, I mean, the high sides he's been getting. I, I cannot explain it. Even if the chassis is shit. Where is the electronics? It's supposed to step in at that point, you know, and 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 at least attempt to save you from yourself. Yeah, and it's not doing that. Yeah, it, it's not. But but then saying that, like you have to remember as well, you know, you you as a rider or a racer, you never one hundred percent rely on your electronics. You should never. Do you know what I mean? And true, like, I Mark, don't think he Mark, does. I think he does. Now. Oh really? I, I don't think he does now anymore. Should I say? You know what I mean. And Mark, I think is a is a sort of writer. You turn around it to him. I don't know if you ever watch Looney Tunes, but like you give him like a special sup of water and say, you know, there's there, there's half a second in that, and he'd be like, all right, right. You know I mean? And he trust he'll trust Hernandez as engineer. You know what I mean? Um, but I think I think the the situation with Mark and Honda, I think it's soured, but I think Mark is still cute to the fact that unless he's going to go to someone like KTM or Joe Aprilia who are ready to win in my view, win consistently you know, he's not really going to jump ship immediately Uh, I don't think think... he's going anywhere I just want to put it on the record I don't think he's going anywhere for next uh, next season, I think the options are not you know, as good as he would wish so it may be better just staying where he is Um, that's my take on it Look, I, 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 I would, I would tend to agree with you. You know, unless this KTM issue gets solved with Dorna, and I think Dorna for two Spanish riders, I think they'll make it happen. If yeah, I if think I'm, they're going to make it happen too. If, yeah. if I'm honest, right? Um, you know, they did have Pit on. He's like, we're still talking to teams. We're still talking to Dorna. We're, it hasn't gone away. I, I would call it. But the the other thing I think with, with Marquez, Marquez has unfortunately in the past couple of years now found out that he's a human being. Do you know what I mean? And he gets hurt. And like you look at what happened in Saxon Ring, he's still suffering effects from that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And he's like he he even said it, I'm not fully fit. Like the alarm you know, clock went off. Who's to call it? The alarm clock went off when your body goes, No, you can't do that anymore. And right. it happens like that. It, it, if, if you add to that the fact that he's trying to kind of 
cool himself down from how competitive he is because he understands the bike underneath him doesn't support his talent or his, his riding ability. I think that's the most dangerous situation for a competitive rider that you're trying to tell yeah. yourself, let me just finish the decision, but being, you know, with the backpack, I mean, that cools yourself. You're, you're, you're like dropping all your guards and, you know, your sharpness. You kind of you're becoming a relaxed rider now. How do you go back to the edge for the next season? Well, he's doing that now. I think I think Marquez is just riding around. That's yeah, why he had the thing. He's just riding. You let him let him let Martin pass him. Okay, whatever. I'm not busting my hump. I'm only going to ride to this bike's capabilities, and that's all there is to it. I've been what do you think me to do this for years, and I'm finally taking their advice. But after half a season like this, what do you think it's going to do to you me mentally? How do you but think he's a racer? I, I, but, I, but I think that I, I think the bike has beaten him into this point. Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. The bike. You know, uh, I, I, I agree, but I'm asking, where is the end result? What kind of Mark Marquez uh, it will make him to be? But that, but that's 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 what fuels the thing that he has to get off that bike. Yeah, that's the only thing. he can't go through another year. Like if he gets to Mizano. And the bike is similar. That could be a turning point. I agree. That could be a turning point. I I, I think it happened before that, George. I mean, really? When I look at my, I think I think it will happen before. I think he has no interest in riding that Honda in the way the way it is. Yeah, you know I, I, I think he's went in there and said, "Get me off this thing." I went off. He went to you the know, lawyers already. Went to his manager. Get me off. Find I a way out. Everyone, I hear everyone screaming fire, fire, fire when it comes to Mark Marquez, but I can't see the smoke. Uh, I mean, uh, all the recent interviews from the theory group uh, and, and uh, the way Mark is taking those uh, questions, it doesn't seem like there is something cooking there. I don't know. Maybe they're so just first, too good. <laughs> so with Marquez, and look, Simon Crafer said this best, that he's prickly, right? And he is media savvy, and he understands exactly what's going on in the media. So... Uh, and he knows exactly how to to manipulate the media into whatever he wants. He has to say that there's no smoke without fire because, or he has to say that I'm not going to KTM because it's probably not done deal yet. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. He he's not going to announce that. Like so, for instance, we knew three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that Rins was going to Yamaha. Everyone in the fucking house knew it, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, when I last time I heard it three or four weeks ago that it was just down to personal terms. So the agreement had been done. So it's just down to money and then whatever, right? So it's no surprise for me that you know Mark's team would have that done within the next just say two weeks, and it would be announced four weeks later. It's all who can keep it quiet. Do you know what I mean? And that's where. I think very, very, very little people know what exact stage is. KTM has to deny it also because, like you have, you have, um, you have four riders there that you know. There's already five riders for next year, right? Contracted. What happens if they thought a sixth one? Do you know what I mean? And there's going to be no team, so that is two riders already demotivated for the thing because. Well, you're lowest on the totem pole, right? So, and that's so, and let's be fair. And, and he's come from a pole. racing family, and he's come from a racing family who taught him you keep your mouth shut since he was a so, kid. 
So you guys think Dorna is in on it with, you know, what Carlos uh, Espeleta has said, there's not going to be another, you know, two bikes for uh, the KDN group? So I'll put it to you this way. If there's a chance next year that Marc Marquez will not be on the grid because they can't give him a bike and he wants off that Honda, it'll happen. 100%. Uh, Dorna will turn around and say, okay, we will give you a two-year contract to run... Yep. House fan or you whatever. Think, you think that would be an Ascovarna or an Envy Augusta? What, what kind of brand do you think they want to itch into them? What sticker are you going to have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think Augusta just because of the marketing value, but that's me. That's yeah. something I also want to ask. How, how could they allow themselves to miss all the, the marketing um, opportunities with being in MotoGP, being competitive with MotoGP? And not having proper sports bikes. I mean, a few naked, but nothing, you know, super sport, super bike. Who? K- KTM? Yeah, they're KTM. KTM. They're, they're, they're working on a 990 at the moment, actually. I think it's a okay. release. I would love to yeah. see that. Sign me up for that. Yeah. yeah. The 990. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that either. 990, a, a super bike? Super bike, yeah. It's going to be V4? between or they're doing V4? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just referenced an article at it and I was like, yeah, my pocket's getting warm. I said V4. I don't know whether it's a V4 or hey, not. Maybe we can get a deal on, on two, you know? Yeah, right. I'll, yeah, I'll go instant. <laughs> Let's team up. <laughs> oh, Shiloh, you have like this. You know what I once? I'll write this down. A Roar 1250SC. A supercharged bike from America. R-O-E-H-R. 1250 SC. SC. Have, have a look okay. at it. It's, a, it's an interesting bike. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think Jake, personally, the amount of shit that you talked about KTM, <laughs> MV, Augusta. They're not going to give him one. On the, not only are they not going to give you one, they will give you one, but they'll charge you three times the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, look I, think, look, I think overall, I think it's great to have racing back. It was good to get things done. Oh man, yeah. that five weeks were long. That was oh, long. Man. It was too long. Was yeah. it five weeks last time? We had two. Yeah. No. We and no. we didn't have two. We had two breaks this year. It was like yeah. we started, yeah. stop, started, stop. Yeah. 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 Anyway, perfect. Look, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um just for people just to let them know, I did put up the, the poll about whether I would actually miss a day's video. I do not have currently have a video made for Tuesday. So we will see you again on Wednesday. Well, forgive me, a summer break for you as well. Yeah, you can have a <laughs> day it. off. If you can have two, <laughs> two summer breaks, you can have a day off. You're allowed, Mac. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. And uh, should have um, to five weeks, Mac. I mean, that's you know. it. That's it. That's it. But look, uh, look, thank you very much Sarah, for coming on. And um, of we'll definitely do it again in the future. Jakey Poo, I would love to be good. I'll be good. And, uh, and I will. We'll see you all again next week. Thank Have you, guys. Same bad time, same bad channel.